Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. verses from here, and the background is Nehemiah and Ezra go back to a devastated Jerusalem to build the temple and a wall, and it's really remarkable, thinking about Ezra was 17 years old when he was taken captive, and he was brought to Babylon, and he was there 70 years, and he made a 900-mile trip back when he was 87 years old. Isn't that something? 87 years old through enemy opposition. And they didn't have, like, British air. They didn't go back by bus or car. They went back the tough way. So Nehemiah chapter 8, it says, All the people gathered themselves, verse 1, all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe, and I, I just love this phrase, to bring the book. Amen? To bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the scribe, or Ezra the priest, brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, six hours. Wow. Some people have a hard time with, you know, 60 minutes. Six hours. That's something. Before the men and the women and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Now, Second Timothy chapter one. I love the verse that you have up on the wall there. Uh, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who are able to teach others. That's a, a monumental verse in my life. Uh, amazing verse, and uh, that's by the way. I know you're standing. It's, I have to stand for quite a while so you can also stand. This is a great, op can I just say that? Yeah, this is a great opportunity, Bible school. Bible, Bible school right here. What is this? What is this? Bible school. Yeah, Bible school. Without this, my Christianity is useless. But this, I went to Bible school in 1976. E. And uh, it was amazing. Second Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's timidity. It's a fear that causes, you know, fear that causes the person to just run away. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And I want us to concentrate on this as we sit down. And of a sound mind. Amen. A sound mind. Father, bless this message. Thank you for what we heard from Pakistan. Thank you for the choirs. Thank you for the ministry here, the churches that are represented here. Thank you for your word, how precious it is. Thank you. Thank you that we can have the precious word of God. We can read it, believe it, be the word, a living epistle. So thank you. I pray that you bless our night. Many people are out doing some really ridiculous things tonight. But we are here tonight together as one man, 
gathered together to hear the book. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good evening. So are both of these mics on? Is that what you're telling me? They're both, they're both working. Wow. I'm so used to this, I wouldn't know what to do with this hand. You got me now. Wow. And it's, it's been a really a great blessing here because you are people of the book. Amen? Are you people of the book? Amen. I love it. As I'm listening during the daytime today, and just very excited about coming here in the morning and just hearing these men of God and different people proclaiming the word. In 1976, uh, I was saved in 1976, the early part of 76, January 6th. My, my daughter's birthday, I got saved on my daughter Lisa's birthday, the day she was born. And uh, I was in such a state with narcotics that I didn't even go to the hospital. Didn't care that much. And I was in my house, and I was contemplating ending my life. I had a couple of weapons, and I said, well, I don't really feel like living. I don't care about the daughter. I don't care about life. I've just had it. And uh, I opened the Bible to Acts chapter 9, and I started to read the conversion of the Apostle Paul. And I said, if there's a, Jesus, if you're real, do something in my life. I had never heard the words born again. Nobody had ever really explained it to me. But I, as I opened the Bible, something took place in my heart. Something took place in my life. And I was born again that day. I got saved that day. And I had no idea what it even meant. I didn't know what to do. I went out on the street with the Bible. And I started to talk to people. And they said, what do you want to tell me? I said, I don't know. I just know that Jesus changed my life. Well, tell me about it. I, tell me about Jesus. I, had, I didn't know a thing about Jesus to say anything. I just went on the street and started evangelizing, uh, which is something I have continued to do until this day. And I think it's a, an amazing opportunity. And uh, I met somebody one time. As I was out, somebody approached me with a gospel track. And they said, are you born again? And I said, who are you? They said, we're from a certain church, and we are, we are actually out speaking to people about Christ. And there was about 15 of them. And I said to myself, well, these people are, who are they? I, I've, never been, I've never seen people like this. And so I went to, the, I went to their meeting on a uh, Sunday morning, and it was in the Marriott Hotel. And there was just a few people there, and they had a guitar, and they were raising their hands. And I thought, these people are strange. These are strange people. I've never, I was never you know, aware of anything like that. And I was standing there with my brother in the back. And you know, we had both gotten saved the same week, and we didn't know it. He was born again, and I got saved. And we never knew it until we went to a party for somebody's uh, marriage, a bachelor party. And I said, how come you're drinking? He said, Jesus changed my life. He said to me, how come you're not drinking? I said, because Jesus changed my life. And we looked at each other. And he went to China, and I went to Africa. It was the craziest thing. I mean, really, it was like, I, said, I, saw, I say to my mother even to this day, what happened? You must be an amazing woman. And somebody said to me, would you like to take a Bible class? I said, listen, I've already, I, I'm an engineer. Besides, an engineer, I have a master's in counseling. I'm a teacher four years. I've had it with school. No. 
They said, just come to one class. So I go to this class, and it's in the Starberton, it, it's, it's in the uh, Eastern States Exposition Building, the Rhode Island Building, and it's in the winter, and there's no heat. And there's a 12-inch television set with a man teaching about First and Second Timothy on a 12-inch screen in the freezing cold. And I said, I said, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? There was three of us there. And this makes no sense at all. You know what? The three people that were there all became missionaries. Amen. Everyone went overseas. It was amazing. I was hearing Pastor Stephen speak. I didn't understand much of what he was saying, but I thought to myself, there's something unique about this. And Paul says to Timothy that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of, of love, power, and a sound mind. Are you with me? Love, power, and a sound mind. Timothy, I'm going away. I'm going off the scene in Christianity, but I'm so sure of the work that God's going to do through you because he has given you a sound mind. You have the mind of Christ. And this is so important for us to allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to develop a pattern of thinking in our lives. You know, a lot of people have thoughts about God, but they don't have a pattern of thinking. A pattern of thinking is Isaiah 26.3. It says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in me. That's a pattern of thinking. That's Philippians 2.5. Let this mind, make a decision to let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's the pattern of thinking. That's Romans 8, chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. Having the mind of the Spirit... For the Spirit gives me life. The mind of the Spirit gives me life. And I realized how important the Bible was and the Word of God was. And you know, when they had to build Jerusalem again, after the destruction of the enemy had literally wiped that city out, what brought them back was a man of the book. What America needs is people of the book. They don't need more doctors. If you're going to be a doctor, that's fine. Have your way. A lawyer's not. What they need are people of the book. They need people that say, the book is my life and my life is the book. Amen? This is what America needs. So to build this nation again, starting with Jerusalem, you've got to bring Ezra, the man of the book. Ezra brought the book. The book of the law of Moses. And he opened it up. It's amazing if you could picture the scene that's taking place there. There's 13 men on one side of him and 13 men on the other. There's like 26 men up there plus the Levites. And what they're going to do is they're going to explain the Bible so people will understand it. And he preached for six hours. You ever see people do this? I see that sometimes in church. You know, they're like, when's he going to quit? He's going a long time. This is New Year's. Uh, what's going on here, you know? He brought the book. And by the way, he was 17 years old. And if you read Isagogics and church history, when the Babylonians took them into captivity, they usually raped men and women. Are you with me? 
You know, there's a lot of people, they get into, they, they have a lot of problems in their past life, and maybe they've been through a lot. We see molestations taking place. We see all kinds of things that happen to young people. And somehow, because of the infiltration of psychiatry and psychology and a new emphasis that seems to be penetrating the churches, people don't think it's enough, I sent my word to heal. 107.20. Can you be healed by the word? I don't really hear you. Can you be healed by the word? The word of God can heal people. I don't even need to go under your roof. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Ezra could have lived in what took place and the results of what took place in his life, but he became a young man of the book. And 17 years old, he began to study the Bible. Jeremiah was his pastor. Hello? Did you know that? Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15, 16, I did find thy word and I ate it and it was a joy and a rejoicing to my heart for I am called by thy name. I ate the Bible. Hello. Now I like Kansas City beef. We had enough in the last couple of days to almost kill me. I, I, I went back to the room today and it was like staggering. I'm thinking, oh, I can't eat anymore. I didn't eat as much as Andrew though. Where's Andrew? Are you here? Yeah, you went four times, but that's okay. No, I'm just joking. He's, no, I'm only having fun with you, Andrew. Take it easy. Don't get an attitude. Just be very nice to me. I'm older. Cut us some slack. We lose our memory sometimes. Was it three times or four? Three. Um, he was kindly offering me some to try to play it off, you know, like it wasn't that much. But Ezra... I mean, 70 years later, he's going back at 87 years old. He's on his way back. He's the man of the book. Jeremiah is his spiritual father and his pastor. And Jeremiah says, we need to love the Bible so much that we eat it is more than our necessary food. Amen? Isn't that what Jesus said? You know, I love, I love this, how Jesus Christ was under assault in two places in Luke chapter 5. Are you with me? Pay attention, no distractions. Listen. First of all, he's in the wilderness. He's led by the Spirit. It's the Father's plan, and the Spirit's lead him to bring him to the wilderness. And Satan, is, Satan has a lot of ifs, doesn't he? If you're the Son of God. What did the Father just say in Matthew 3, 16 and 17? What did he just say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's the voice of the father. The first thing Satan has the audacity to say to him right away is, if you're the son. And by the way, the word if there means if and maybe you're not. And you know what Jesus said? It is written. It is written. He says, you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. It is written. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you're the son. See, Satan wants to slander the character of Christians and leaders especially. So what comes out of their mouth can be refuted by people. He wants to attack believers' character so what they say means nothing. Are you with me? If you're the son, he comes again. He brings him to the pinnacle of the temple. He shows him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And every single time, the living word answered with what? A psychological phrase? 
Huh? Did he answer with a prayer? Did he sing a song? I love the music. Don't take it wrong. He didn't sing a song. He didn't pray. But he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. That's how you send the devil away. Are you with me? He hates the Bible. I told you about a story. I, I faced witch doctors in certain places. And you know what? I had a guy one time, he had an ax in his head. It was right in the middle of his head. And he was turning he cut his arms up and down his arms with a knife. Then he put sand on them and there was no cuts. And there was a massive crowd there. And I was a little bit intimidated. And a kid came up behind me and grabbed the back of my leg and he said, aren't you a pastor? I said, get out of here, get out of here. Aren't you a pastor? I'm like, this, was, this happened in Community One in Tama. Aren't you a pastor? I said, beat it kid, beat it. This is crazy. <laughs> he comes again. He says, aren't, this is like Peter's denial. Aren't you, aren't you, weren't you with him? Aren't you a pastor? Why don't you do something about this guy? I'm like, why don't you go home? <laughs> Finally, I realized this was the Holy Spirit. I stepped in and I started quoting the Bible and the guy started running. And then I had a crowd of 500 people to preach to. See, it, I didn't just, you know, say to him, you ought to get out of here, or this is wrong what you're doing. I gave him the scriptures. I quoted the Bible to him. I gave him the word. People come under assault from demonic, and by the way, I talk about very visible demon activity, but there's something far more dangerous than physical demon activity. It's what goes on in the system as Satan is like a serpent creeping through the systems that we have in this world today and we don't see it coming. He's in the school system. He's got people preaching the Bible that are not saved. He's got homosexuals and lesbians making a big mouth stand about their rights in this country. I'll tell you what I think about their rights. Did you ever read this verse in Matthew 21, 42? Jesus is facing the Pharisees. He says, have you never read? Have you never read? Here's, here's the logos, the, the word of God saying to the ones who are supposed to know the word of God, have you never read? By the way, have you never read that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging? Don't give me this drinking wine stuff. That's garbage. Hello? Jesus didn't turn water into wine that could intoxicate somebody. Are you nuts? How's that? So I don't like you tonight. Good, I don't care. Maybe you do like me. That's all right with me, you know? Right? Have you never read? This is the problem today. People do not know the scriptures. It drives me crazy. I was in Kenya one time, and I was on stage, and they had a woman pastor get up, and she went on for 45 minutes. So I, in a very loving way, got up and said, everything she said makes no sense. Because she shouldn't be a pastor. Now you say, I would never do that. That's you, that's just me. This is what I do, okay? <laughs> and by the way, I was supposed to do a four-day convention. They canceled me. They said, you're finished. <laughs> Go home. Here's your bus ticket. <laughs> it's okay. Because I want to buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs 23, 23, amen? It says, buy the truth. The Hebrew word kwanan means acquire and receive the truth. Buy the truth and don't sell it. By the way, don't sell out. Are you with me? Don't
Don't sell out to anti-Trinitarian beliefs today. Don't sell out to wrong interpretations of the Bible. Don't sell out to all the liberal aspects that are coming in and attacking Christianity and getting Christians to live weird. Don't sell out. Hello. Are you with me? A lot of sell-outers today. People selling out all the time. We buy the truth and we sell it not. Then we buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Very interesting Hebrew words. We buy wisdom. The Spirit gives us wisdom with the word. Instruction, that's training. That's training. By what? Pastor Sam, by what? By training. Acquire training by training. I'll get it back later. By training. <laughs> by the truth and wisdom and instruction, and then you'll have understanding, which is the same as discernment. People don't know the difference between what the devil's doing and what Jesus is doing. They can't distinguish the scriptures. They can't distinguish what's of God and what's not of God. You think that's of God? I'm like, you must be joking. That's not of God. People don't know. It's amazing to me. It's, we want to buy it. We want to acquire it. 2000, what year are we going into? 2016? I don't even know what year it is. 2000 what? 15 or 16? 16, okay, 16. 2016. I want 2016 to be a year of the book, amen, for my life. And I never think I know it. I always want to grow in it. Hallelujah. I, I love that verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How about that one, huh? What's my, I love it. In the beginning was the Word. That's eternal. And the Word was with God. That's fellowship. And the Word was God. That's faith. It's awesome. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And you know what, verse 17, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Verse 18, no man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. It's awesome. It's the Bible. Learn the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Eat the Bible. Love the Bible. It's awesome. It's more to be desired than what? Find gold. What do you want to do with your life? So many people, oh, I just want to get married. I just want to have a career. It's okay, please don't take it wrong. I'm not trying to be legalistic, okay? Whatever you do, led by God. But I want to learn the word. Amen? I want to be a woman, a man of the book. I want to be a person of the book. I want to have children of the book. The word. Paul said it in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Then he says in chapter 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God. By the way, I study unto God, not to preach. Hello? I don't study to preach. I study to know God, and what I know, I end up speaking about. Some people are, oh, I gotta study to preach. I gotta preach tonight. I'm gonna study today. Really? It's the only time you study is when you're gonna preach or teach? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So not only receive the mind of God, but study the word of God. Amen? Then it says in chapter 3, verse 10, you have full, Timothy, you fully know my doctrine. You know what that means? Pastor Sam, come up here. Come, 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 come. Okay. 
Fully known is a word in the Greek that means you walked alongside of me. We walked together. You have fully, you've been right with me, Timothy. You have fully known. This is good, huh? Yeah. Isn't this good? If I, fall off, if I fall off the edge, it's not my fault. No, I got you. Okay, you got me. I don't have a left eye, so I can't see anybody right now. Oh, okay. Fully known. Thank you. Thank you. You have fully known my doctrine. Then he says, listen to this one, 2 Timothy 3.14. I just want to talk about the word tonight. Continue in the things you've learned, knowing of whom you've learned them from. That from a child you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. He said, Timothy, you had a grandmother and a mother. You didn't, ha you didn't have a father who was spiritual. You had a, and God blessed grandmothers and mothers that raised their children in the Bible when daddy's off in Nana land somewhere. He was raised by his grandmother and his mother, and they were women of faith. From a child, you've known the what? Oh, you know, you're doing too much trying to get these kids to learn the Bible when they're five and six and seven and eight years old. Come on, what are you trying to do? Indoctrinate them and make them insane? Oh, why don't you shut up? <laughs> I was in a Christian school in a certain country, and they said, if you want to have a school in this country, you're going to have to also teach the Quran to get a license by our government. I said, really? I said, well, you know what you can do? You can take a long walk off a short bridge. Because <laughs> that will never happen. And we're going to close you down. You know what? That school is still going 30 years later. No, I'm not intimidated by Satan's initiations. It is what? Written. It's written. And then, not only did Jesus use the Bible in the wilderness against the devil, when he went home, you know, home, family, you know, home and family, he opened the book in the synagogue and turned to the place where it's written, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And I'm not going to go through what he said there, but he comes to the place, he closes the book, and he says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. They went ballistic. He was claiming he was Messiah. And they, you know what they tried to do? Throw him off a cliff. Welcome home, Jesus. We just love to have you home for the reunion. Kill him. Really? See, he was the living word using the written word. And man, they didn't like it. My mother called me this week before I came to Kansas City. She said, this is amazing. She said, I said this last night. Your best man and your best friend and your brother's best man and his best friend both died within two days of each other. She says, what does that mean? I said, I don't know, Ma. All I know is I'm, I'm alive and I got my word, I got my Bible, and we're walking with God. Amen? Listen, this is an amazing, this is an incredible opportunity we have to have this written word of God, this living word of God. Have you never read? Well, what's wrong with sex before marriage, idiot? I'll tell you what's wrong. The Bible says it's wrong, okay? Have you never read? Well, you know, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. By the way, some of you young ladies, don't let somebody touch you. Hello. Don't be with people alone either. Be very careful. 
um, we, I had a, a girl that I was raising, and a guy took her for a ride to get an ice cream. And he somehow said something was wrong with the car. And he stopped the car, and it was a little bit dark. And he, all of a sudden, she said, I, I felt his hand on my leg. I said, what did you do? She says, I elbowed him in the throat. I said, awesome. I said, awesome. No, that's like old school. No, that's Bible school. Don't give me this old school stuff. I'm talking about Bible-believing convictions. Hello. I, I haven't been to a movie since 1975, and I don't plan to go to one. Because what's in those theaters, even if there are some good movies, what's in those theaters up in the corner are demons. They hang out in those theaters just waiting. Just waiting. Watch out what you watch with the eye gate. It's amazing things that can be taken into the eye gate. Take in the word, amen? I ate the word. Job 23, 12, Jeremiah 15, 16, Matthew 4, 4. I eat the word. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. We've got the word. And we want to have a, such a desire for the scriptures and a hunger for the scriptures. As I'm, as I'm going on in age, I have a greater love and desire to know the word of God than I've ever had in my life before. Hello? Are you with me? It's, it's awesome. We got 3,600 students learning the Bible in our Bible schools around the world in 80 countries. You know what? That's what I love. I love that. I love it that people are, are longing to learn the word and study the word. And don't sit back and say, I can't do that. I'm not very, you know, I'm not very good. Listen, mix faith with it. You know, some people think, well, I'm not really understanding it. You understand, you know what? We learn differently the Bible than we learn other types of knowledge. It is a spiritual learning. It's not learning of the soul. It's spiritual learning. Come unto me, all you that labor in a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And what? Learn of me. Jesus was the only one that ever equated learning with rest. Usually learning, you're driven, right? Testing and driven and good grades, and you got to make it, and you got to do this, and you got to pass the test so you can become a what? I don't even know. He said, rest. Rest, Relax. There's unconscious, subconscious things going on in our lives when we're in church and we're reading the Bible. We are being changed even by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. It's awesome. Love church. You love church? I love church. Don't you love church? Love preaching, coming and hearing the Word of God, preaching of the Word of God. It's amazing. Could just sit there and listen and listen and take it in. And don't be distracted. What are, you, what, are you, oh, what are we doing another hour from now? Who cares? How do you, you can't even guarantee you'll be alive another hour from now. Nobody knows. And I love James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, where it speaks about receiving with meekness the engrafted word which can save your soul. Wait a minute, I'm already saved. No, this is talking about a deliverance of my mind, my emotions, my conscience, my will, and my self-image. It's the word that does that. I'm totally transformed. I'm not going to live in insecurity or fear or in a poor self-image. You know, oh, I don't know. I can't do that. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen? 
I begin to think with God. I don't think with man. I don't think with the flesh. I don't think with the educational system. I don't think with the evaluation that this world has of Christianity or myself. I'm thinking with God. We have the eternal mind of God. Heaven and earth shall what? Pass away by his word what? For how long? Wow, forever. You know what? People say, what are we going to do when we get to heaven? Oh, want me to tell you? In, in eternity, you're going to be ever learning and be ever loved. That's going to be heaven. You'll, why? Because we can never know this is God himself. He will be unveiling his mind to us forever. Amen? We'll be always learning and there'll be no old sin nature distraction, no devil, no demons, no world system. Right? No sports. What about George Brett? How come somebody didn't say his name when they talked about Kansas City? Some of the great ba baseball players. Somebody, I, I was thinking about George Brett. Is he from Kansas City? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I just had that memory. just came. Listen, let's be people who love the word. Amen? Ask, and by the way, you say, I don't, well, I don't like, I, you know, okay, God, here's my prayer today. Give me a desire and a love for your word. That's my prayer. This is my great prayer. I want to love your word. I want to know you. I want to know your word because Jesus is the word. Jesus is not a big tongue. <laughs> Somebody tried that. They were praying for me, some Pentecostals, and I love them. They were praying for me, and, and you know, they just, they, they were speaking in tongues. They had to get me to speak in tongues. This woman was rattling on like, a, like it was unbelievable. So I put my hand in her mouth. And I grabbed her tongue, and I, she goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I don't know. I just saw you're so into this tongue thing that I wanted to see what yours was like. I'm sorry. I know, that was, that's, that was, I was, I was very young then in the Lord. It happened two days ago. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, I, I, that's just how I am, you know. I just like right up front, take it or leave it, love it or whatever, I don't know. But we are people of the Bible, amen? Joshua 1, 7 and 8, this book shall not depart out of your mouth. It's, it, it's in your heart, it's, it's in your mouth. Joshua, I'm leaving you the book. Moses says, I'm leaving you this book. This is the key. This is what David would leave Solomon. This is what Solomon would do to make him spiritual. And then when he left it, you know what happened. When he left, he's the man that wrote the Proverbs. And look what happened in his life. The word of God, how important it is. The prophets, they preached it. Can these bones live, O oh Lord, you know? Prophecy unto these bones. And watch bones come to bones. Israel, the word, the answer is the word, amen? The word, the word of God. Let's, I can't say it enough. Satan hates it. The flesh can't be around it. The world mocks it, right? The world, my, oh, you, you believe in the Bible? Oh, come on. Come on, you, you mean you're still people like you that believe in the Bible? Really? It turns my stomach. I love them. I want them to get saved and pray for them. But, you know, that's the, that's the evil, spiritual, demonic attack on the church today. Come on, like, mix it up with some other things, you know? Let's, like, get real. Now, you get real, I'll stay with truth. Amen.
You get as real as you want. I'm staying with truth. I raise my children according to the Bible. Oh, you know, you better not ever discipline your kids by spanking them. Oh, really? Well, what are you going to do? Put me in jail? I've been there eight times already and I'm still alive. I don't care. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know? Stop preaching. No. No, I was in front of a mosque one day preaching and uh, it didn't turn out so well. Uh, maybe I was a little bit not discerning and I should have done something else, but I just felt that there was a good time to preach. You know what? The world rejects it. But there are some out there who receive it. Amen? There are people that say yes to the word. So buy it and don't sell it. Buy it. Buy the truth and buy wisdom. Buy instruction. Buy understanding. Say, God, give me a desire. This book in my heart. I want to know this book. I want to fellowship with this book. I want to meet the God of this book. You know, Jesus said, you search, you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but you don't come to me. Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God. Hebrews 10, 7, Psalm 40, verse 7. He says, you're reading the book and you're missing me. You're missing me in the book. It isn't just about theory and knowledge. It's about a living God in his word. And he speaks to us. He changes us. He delivers us. He sets us free. He gives us a new direction in our lives. He could bring, you see that guy that was up there? What's he doing there? He heard the Bible, right? He got 30 students. I love it. It's so awesome. Let's continue. The enemy wants to distract us. A lot of things that can distract you. Magazines, television, entertainment. I'm not talking about, I'm not legalistic saying you can't do this and you can't do that, but watch out. What's trying to capture my mind? What's trying to capture my mind? What's trying to capture my children's mind? You know, I hear some parents, you know what they say to me? Oh, well, you know, I just want to let them have the freedom to do what they want in the house and watch what they want. Oh, really? They're 10 years old. So, so they're going to control what's out in the house. I had a son living with me who was 30 years old, and I said, no, shut that off. He goes, Dad, I'm 30. I'm an adult. I said, it's my house. This is my house. This is whose house? My house. You want to watch it? Get your own place. I love you. Come and eat. <laughs> the way he eats is like nothing left. I mean... I gotta hide food under my bed if I wanna eat when he's around. <laughs> he's like John Straparo and Pastor Alfred. They just, they just eat everything. But you know what? We have, to, we have to not only guard ourselves, but guard our children, guard our church. And by the way, sometimes as pastors, we have to say some things that maybe we don't even wanna say or people don't like to hear it. But you know what a shepherd is supposed to do? Guard the church. He doesn't just guide the church, he has to guard the church. Isn't that true? And that, that means at times he's going to have to say things and things are going to take place. And it's not like a popularity contest. It's just this is the truth. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for they had it in their heart. It was what they talked about when they were walking, when they lied down, when they rose up. It was written on the frontlets of their eyes and on their arms and on their hands and on their gates and on their doors. Deuteronomy 6. This is the word of God. And we pray, God, tonight, as Psalm 119, verse 89 says, 
The word is eternal. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Then in 119, 130, it says, the entrance of your word gives light. Then it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, 119, 105. I pray tonight that the eternal becomes internal and then is lived externally. The, say that, the internal, the, exter the, the eternal becomes internal and is lived out externally. This is the word of God. Thank you so much tonight. It is written. It is written. Thank you. Thank you for each one that is here tonight. Pray that you would help us to be lovers of the word. To really have a love for God's word. Loving Jesus means loving his word. You can't say you love Jesus if you don't love his word. That's just some kind of Christian phraseology. But because we love the word, we can say we love Jesus. We love the word, the living word. We love Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Teach us. Lead us. Guide us with your word. We heard so much about the word of God today. From morning until evening. Thank you. Help us, God. And not to just let this message go, or what we've heard today, go away. Jesus said in John 8, 31 through 34, you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And Ephesians 4, 27, give no place to the devil. Wherever the word doesn't have a place in us is a place for the enemy with his initiation and his wrong thinking. Help us to be people who take in the word who meditate upon the word, who believe the word, who exercise faith in the word, and who see the life of the word lived out before. We thank you tonight. Pray that you bless everyone here, God. Give us a desire for your word. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and, well, don't care much about the Bible. Just simply pray this prayer, God. Give me a new desire for the word in 2016, or whenever it is, 17. I don't even know when it is, but whenever, God, give us a new desire this year. Make it a new year with the word, a new year with the word. We thank you. Bless each one that's here in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we shut this off. You know, okay, so Proverbs 23, 23, if we're going to buy the truth... That means it's going to cost us, right? Can you believe that? A sandwich costs $5. I go into the store. I, I, I want the sandwich. I just, I'm hungry. I need a sandwich. And so I've got $5. When I walk out of that, if I'm walking out of the store with a sandwich, I'm not walking out with my $5, right? If I'm going to buy the truth, that, mean, that means I'm going to lose something else. And so we can say that, we're going to love the word and we're going to invest the word, right? We're going to pour our lives into getting the word of God. It's going to cost you your life, isn't it? It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you other things. If I'm going to say yes to getting the word of God into my life, that means I've got to say no to some other things, right? I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many things that we can pursue. This is really an issue of priority, top, bottom, right? Inside and out, our whole life, what is the priority? And so... Uh, man, I'm praying with Pastor Schaller, or Pastor, sorry, <laughs> Pastor Savelli tonight, and 
my faith proposition before the Lord is that God will increase my appetite. Uh, that, that my desire, my hunger for the word will grow in 2016. Uh, quench not the spirit. Uh, every day I'm going to make decisions about where I'm going to be investing, what I, how I'm going to be paying out my life. Is it getting the truth? And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a season of worship. And how many would say, man, I need that. I need to double down on the word in 2016. I need to put a stake down right here, right now. I need to love the word. I need the word of God alive in my life, okay? And so I want to invite you, as we're worshiping, as we're praising, um, you know, put, put, really do that. Put a, put a stake down, okay? And so everybody raised their hands. So it's probably not going to all fit at the altar, but man, first come, first serve, right? We don't really have an altar, but, but uh, find a place, find a way to get on your knees before the Lord and say, God, by your grace, through my faith, I believe that you're going to answer the cry of my heart tonight. You're going to grow in me a hunger for your word. And I'm, I'm not quenching the work of the spirit in my life. By your grace, I will not do that. And I'm going to grow in the word this year. Amen. So as we sing, you come. And when we run out of room, if we run out of room, we, can't, we don't got room to pray for each other here. And uh, pastor, would you just pray for people as they come? Um, um, if, you, if, you, if you can't get to the front, just waylay somebody on the way and just say, pray for you, pray for me, okay? If you'll pray for me, I'll pray for you that our hunger for the word, our appetite for the word will grow this year, amen? Let's stand, let's worship. You need to put a stake down, you come right now. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.